Hello, everyone. Hey, hey, hey. Have you ever, ever wondered, wondered, wondered what it, what it, what it would be like to see the evil men Well, Chris, guess what? People can. April 29th, 2022 at 9 p.m. at Comedy Bar in Toronto. That's right. For the first time ever, Chris Locke, James Hartnett, and Michael Balazzo will be recording an Evil Men podcast episode live on stage in the Comedy Bar main space. Of course, that is at 945 Bloor Street West, Toronto, and you can get tickets at comedybar.ca. Oh! That's Friday, April 29th. At 9 p.m. Evil Men Live! Live! Brought to you by The Bank. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of... Evil I'm Chris, and I'm here with James and Mike. And if you didn't know what those sound effects 100% made from mine own mouth were, I was saying evil men, and then I got my head cut off, and it rolled to the ground, and then my body eventually fell. When did you learn that you were so good at sound effects? Yeah, Chris. Well, one night, these burglars came into (laughs) my house, and me and my dad and my mom and my sister hid under the master bedroom's bed. Okay. You must have been so scared. Yes. Until... I started imitating the sound of a ferocious guard dog, (laughs) which made the burglars hightail it back on out of the basement window they pried open. Oh, my God. (laughs) And they went, oh, my God. And you start doing other sound effects like, hey, is that a phone ringing? Yeah. Yeah. You have reached the lock residence. Unfortunately, we're not here right now, but please leave a name and number and we'll get back to you in just a minute. Did you hear and that? Then it's like, and then home. the answer, and then I did the other voice on the answering machine too, like, hello, locks. This is all of your friends from the army. We're on our way over to have beers. <laughs> Let's get out of here. There's a ship coming. <laughs> Someone's got a machine gun underneath that bed. <laughs> This is one small step for man. What? <laughs> Get out of here! Neil Armstrong's coming. Come on. Can't touch this. Oh shit! Hammers upstairs. Fuck! No, no. That's the song's Rick James. Super freak. Yeah. Oh yeah. He sampled it. He sampled it from Rick James. Look, you idiots! Rick James or Hammer? We got to get the fuck out of here. Either one is yeah. Anyways, you get it. Wow. Rick James will tie you to a bed. Hammer will put a gun to your head. Oh, my God. Did he? I don't know. I'm just joking. (laughs) But there was this crazy Twitter thread a while ago that I read about how hardcore uh, Hammer is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know about the gun part. I'm just exaggerating because I'm scared of what I read. (laughs) I do have to say that uh, maybe this is ignorant, but, you know, when I was a kid, I heard you can't touch this. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. what a song. Yeah. And then when you're older and you hear Super Freak and yeah. you realize all the things I liked about You Can't Touch This were from Super Freak. Yeah. Well, you didn't like the part where he 
where Hammer said that he was born with a mind to rhyme? I did like that, Mike. I did like that. Yeah, I, Rick I James that. did not say that. But, you know, the music. I was born with a mind to rhyme. <laughs> he doesn't say that, yeah. yeah. So what did you think a Super Freak was? Oh, I guess you didn't hear that until you were older. Not until I was older, I kind of understood that that meant maybe sex. what is a super freak though is it well, a person that has like a million lip piercings i thought it was a sort of <laughs> yeah it's like talking about some hipster yeah it's like marilyn vegan, manson fans vegan food one day rick rick james went out uh driving around and he got really scared because yeah he saw a lady who had a bunch of lip piercings yeah and a nose piercing and she also had a few too many earrings, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. He, he, Super drew, he spat off back home yeah. and locked the doors, got out <clears> his <throat> bass guitar, and he was so yeah. scared, <laughs> he just came up with that bass line in that song. Wow. Yeah. She has a shaved head and purple hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like purple on the top, but shaved on the sides, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, in, one of the lyrics in Super Freak <laughs> always sticks out in my mind <laughs> as curious. <laughs> He says she's a very kinky girl, the kind you don't take home to mother. Mm-hmm. Now, to mama. To mama, okay. And the, the point is, well, he's you know, like, you don't... Accuracy matters. You know, <laughs> I agree. The kind you don't take home to mama. <laughs> and so I think that Rick James missed, missed an opportunity uh-huh. to introduce this very kinky girl to his mother. And I think he should have done that. Well, it's kink shaming. Flat it out. is. That's what he's doing. If you, if is Super Freak int- kink shaming? He should have... If here's, you don't introduce her to your mother, if I had Mama. written Super Freak, here's how the lyrics would have gone: She's a very kinky girl, the time you, the kind you absolutely take home to mother for mm-hmm. a nice Sunday dinner, and you, <laughs> uh, you invite the whole family and all your friends. You make a roast with <laughs> yeah. gravy and roast potatoes. You don't have to be kinky in front of your mother. Absolutely, like that's the point. No woman yeah. that you take home to your mama. Do you go, and this is what we do behind closed doors, mama? <laughs> and then that's the boys too kinky. <laughs> could, someone, uh, could, you pass the, <laughs> could you pass the turkey, uh, my son, Rick James? Yes, here you go, mother. And also, uh, she likes the boys in the band, but she says that I'm her all-time favorite. And he oh. says that at the dinner table. Sorry, what does that mean, Rick? Richard? <laughs> well, yeah. well, mother... Yeah, see, uh, it's like it could have been a nicer <laughs> song, yeah, right, than him saying like, "I'm never introducing this woman to uh, yeah to my mom." Yeah, I don't, I don't think we, sh- our, our parents should have an opinion on if our partners are too kinky, hundred percent, not kinky enough. Or and here's the thing: <laughs> like, if Rick James was alive today, uh, you know, I, I really like Rick James' music. I think he's mm-hmm. he was brilliant, but he also, I guess, turned out to be kind of a you know, got in trouble, didn't he? Yeah, he I don't know an, the. He might have been an evil man. His final oh, years. Oh shit! Were, we should probably were, do an episode on that. Sure. Investigate. Final years were sad, and he, I think, had some domestic abuse issues. Uh, okay, uh, but, so yeah. Um, what am I? I don't like his music. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but what I was gonna say was, if he did, uh, so there's no. Mm. Ta- okay, so maybe there's no use in talking reason to him, anyways, because mm-hmm. he's a jerk. But the thing is, is what I was gonna say was. Um, I got something to ask you guys, okay? Do you guys yeah. find this too? Maybe it's just me. Um, James, you're a little bit taller than me. But when I go out a lot now, I think most men are way bigger now. I think there are men that most men I, I see like on the subway or walking around the streets or in the bar are a foot taller than me. Mm. Mm. So you don't mean bigger like they gained weight in the 
No, I'm the one gaining weight. All these other guys are getting taller and more muscles. Like, more men are <clears throat> bigger and more Viking-like than me out in about and in the so city. And so you're saying in, like, 2010, there were fewer big, strong men around. I thought that I was, like, doing fine. Yeah. Hmm. You know, like, a tall guy would be a tall guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not that tall. But now I feel like everyone's tall. And I'm the smallest man that's ever existed. <laughs> do you guys find this? Do you, do you think there's a lot of giant men out there now? Mike, I try not take? to go places or like enter neighborhoods yeah. where tall people tend to congregate. Right, you, you, you wouldn't yeah. go to that Raptors game. No, but I, I do like to go to areas where I know people will be shorter than me so that I yeah. then feel like I'm And what's that area? Like some hidden elfin village you know, uh, in high park that you have to like yeah small you know. city it's on the east end <laughs> small city <laughs> little small city uh <clears throat> that would be fun it's come to small city you get tokens Junior you get to village. play games you yeah. get to it win would prizes be interesting if instead of devi- like having neighborhoods via ethnicity you know yeah. greek town mm-hmm. chinatown mm-hmm. little italy we started making neighborhoods based on male height like that's mm-hmm. short town. All the guys yeah, under yeah. five six live over there. Oh, there's Tallville, average young and Eglinton. Yeah, everyone's six two. Yeah. There's a part of me that has a little bit of a, a, a not an obsession, and I wouldn't say full on fetish, but I'm attracted to women that are bigger than me. Mm-hmm. But but then here's the thing, and I'm happily married, so I'm talking about a hypothetical world sure. right now. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. If I was single again for some reason, <laughs> yeah. and I, what are you doing, Wolfman? And uh, sorry, my cat is brushing my head. Uh, she's mad at you for this fantasy, but yeah, yeah she's like, on. "Don't talk, <laughs> don't talk about it." But the thing is, oh, and my cats are big ladies, definitely, like yeah. we mentioned. But the thing is, is if I was single and I wanted to, yeah. Get with a taller, (laughs) like you know, more uh, like a giantess or an Amazonian type giantess, who I find so attractive. (laughs) There's so many men out there who are Viking-like giants now, comparatively. That what would they want with a well little pipsqueak like me? But you see that sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. There are probably no. You're tall thinking women of like chihuahuas it. in a purse. <laughs> <laughs> there are probably tall women out there who would love a, a, a man who's shorter than them. I don't know. So would you say I'll if, never get to know if you had to rejoin Tinder or Hinge or something? <laughs> Bumble? Would you? I'm unhinged right now would, talking about this. I'll tell you that. <laughs> would you set your? Set the sort of uh, yeah parameters for like no shorties apply. I'm looking for someone six foot six and and taller, uh, that kind of thing. I would write that my height is five nine. I'd be honest mm-hmm. about it. Which even now Can I might I be, be fudging the if I... in your salad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, geez, like I would love a woman that is as vast as a salad. And would and hold me like a crouton. Blob of ricotta cheese. A tall salad. I want a woman that's like the ocean, and I'm like a skiff lost at sea. <laughs> but anyways, the point is, yeah, I would be honest on Bumble or Tinder, whatever you call it, Skifter. <laughs> I would Kisser. say I'm five nine, and that would have to be. I'd have to do yoga that day to make sure I did stretch out to five nine, and then. Uh, 
But I would say yes, only six one and up, ladies. Oh wow! Right. So so would first of all, I'd be offending a ton of women that are more than capable to be a your great wife. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm saying this hypothetical. Yeah, if I yeah. followed this yes. flight of fancy, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yes, <laughs> flight of fancy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, geez, we can get my wife on an episode and have her talk about. We her, should. Her. Yeah. I mean, you should see uh, what happens to her when a Skarsgård son is on TV. <laughs> okay, so like, I'm not okay. on. You know, she's You're, not you all know. in all in good fun. My mm-hmm. wife is. Yeah, we're our own independent people as well. She's not f- sitting. I'm not watching basketball and she's washing my feet in a bowl. <laughs> we're all we're, a capable. Yes. Person. You guys. Now, so yeah. let, oh, sorry, go, Mike, go ahead. But no. the thing is, is how am I going to ever, first of all, let's say a, insulting women six, one and under aside, uh, how am I going to compete with these massive giant men? You've got a great right. sense of humor. Yeah. You know, you tell a joke and you be funny. You got a twinkle in your eye. These tall women, women will be loving it. And then what like, if we live together in a house and burglars break in? What am I going to protect her by telling quips <laughs> and japes to the burglars? Maybe you got to give in and let her protect you. <laughs> hey, you got a good point there. I think that tall, powerful women love a little fella who can do all sorts of sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> and silly voices. And <laughs> yeah, she comes home and, from her. Powerful and that was just my dick. <laughs> she comes home from her powerful job at the end of a long day. Oh, Chris, I had such a bad day. Can you do your thing? <laughs> oh, sure, honey. <laughs> and then she's like, oh. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Just a truck backing up sound. <laughs> Welcome home, honey. You've had a tough day. Name the sound. Name anything, and I'll do the sound for you. <laughs> like, oh, okay, thanks. It has been a tough day. Thanks. Um, uh, yeah, garbage truck backing up. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. Beep. So, <laughs> so are, how how much? I'm being vulnerable, as vulnerable as ever. No, here. How much are you guys I'm, just taking the piss out I'm of me? I'm not making fun of you. I no, actually no. think. I mean, it's, it's I shouldn't pay you guys cool for this. That's for sure. To be uh, <laughs> yeah. honest like that. There's a. It's cool to be it honest, it's dude. Impressive. Like it's... I could never do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, but like, I look up to whatever you're trying to do right now. <laughs> because James, you you are the the tallest. Yeah, of I mean, the three of are us. Are you six feet? No, I'm five eleven. They call right. you. So gives our a fans shit. call you like the Empire State Building of the podcast. CN <laughs> <laughs> so Tower, because we are in Toronto. We are in Toronto. So, yes, come on. Yeah. And how tall are you, Mike? I'm five, eight to nine. I'm the same as you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eight to nine. It depends on how much I've stretched. How much I've stretched. Uh, how much my, my spine has collapsed <laughs> in on itself. Your prayers. Yeah. How much, uh, oh, what are those little, damn, those little marshmallow cushions in between your spinal bones? The... Uh, the gelatinous. I think they are marshmallows. <laughs> the spinal marshmallows. God said, "Let there be marshmallows <laughs> in between this guy's bones." It, I would have guessed both of you guys are five ten, so I wouldn't. That's I dope, dude. That, so. I carry myself really tall. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, you both have great postures. But so back it Thank up. You. Get it away from the fetish thing, which sounds like I, I've humiliated myself. You just like the, you are attracted to tall women. Yeah, how tall are we talk. It might be a. It might be a Freudian thing. Mm. You know, like, oh, 
Like I want a like I want a woman to cradle me and put a band aid on my boo boo. But the thing is, is also famously liked. Yes, liked big powerful women. Men love being compared to Robert Crumb. You're always hearing about Brad Pitt and George Clooney being compared to Robert Crumb. You know, Robert Crumb, a very successful cartoonist. That's true. Imagine Robert Crumb was in Ocean's 12 (laughs) with Brad Pitt and Clooney and We need someone to draw a giant woman. Who can we get? We need someone to collect obscure 78s from jazz greats of the early 1900s. (laughs) Wait, what's this on the security monitor? That's not the bank safe. That's Or that's not the casino safe. What is that? Oh, sorry, sir. Well, what is it? It's a sketch of a giant ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've been Robert Crumbed. Get down there. <laughs> yeah, they get fooled by drawing some giant asses so the guys can complete the <laughs> So the guys can rob them with the, the casino's money. Oh, that's really funny. I love <laughs> Yeah. So well, anyway, I meant it as a comp- complimentary yeah. comparison. Yeah, he's cool. You and Robert Crumb. But do you guys think that there's so many more bigger men out there, comparatively? <laughs> Even some of our friends are way bigger and taller than us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom. Is do you think that we're comedians because we're little shorties and we need to survive? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, yeah. I, I guess I do. Notice that there are, I don't know if there's more than there used to be, but I definitely see them and I don't like it. It is, I will say, <laughs> you know when you know a guy and he's just a regular guy, yeah. you know, like he's great, mm-hmm. yeah. and then he gets buff and you're kind of like, I don't like this guy anymore. Okay. Yeah. Because you're like, damn, mm-hmm. man, now you look better than me. Yeah. Yeah, now you really look better like than that. me. You have better discipline than me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do don't you, like this. You take it as a personal insult if I someone, do. you you know... That you haven't seen for I'm a while. I'm happy for people to look good switch. and be in right. shape. I'm literally a, a short, <laughs> fat, bald guy with a mustache. I basically look like fucking Oliver Hardy over here. And then we got these Viking Adonises, yeah. these Greek gods, these Roman warriors, yeah. fucking everything they want. <laughs> Taking everything. apples from all the trees. You know, getting fed grapes. It's not fair. I've but been, you know a, this, I've been a goddamn dude, Oliver Hardy ass people, fatty arbuckle. When I wear my pants, yeah. people laugh because I wear my belt up past above my belly button. Yeah. So I got this big long crotch to my pants <laughs> that hangs down, and my shirt's tucked in, and I got a big, a short fat tie that waves back and forth like the hand of a clock. <laughs> And I got a little top hat on, and it looks like my butt is a mile long because my pants are done up out the middle of my back. It's not fair. Well, Chris, I, I hear what you're saying, but mm-hmm. may I remind you, and James, you can probably back me up here. Uh, do you remember the old the, the fable of the mm-hmm. Viking and the clown? No. And you know how that ends, right? So well, I'll just refresh your memories. Once upon a time, there was a, a great big Viking who was who had yeah. won so many battles, and everyone loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was friends with the the local clown, who was a yeah a raggedy guy <laughs> who everyone laughed at. He just made little jokes and sound yeah. effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And farted. Like and they yeah he farted. But this, you have to remember this was back yeah, in the, Chrissy back farted. In the day. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was old fashioned. <laughs> I'm like a yeah. kid. You're telling the story at bedtime. <laughs> and did he fart? <laughs> yeah, the clown farted. Well, of course. Well, the Viking, <laughs> the very, the brave Viking and the clown both fell in love with the same beautiful lady in the village, right? <laughs> and she said, "I love." This. And she said, um, "I will marry one of you if you uh, if you charm me, and you oh. have to charm me, and you have to come here on uh, Saturday mm. afternoon at two p.m. and charm me, and whoever does a better job gets to." Uh, Gets to have my hand, and so the oh Viking came, and he he brought his sword, and he did a ma- magnificent display, and he talked about all the battles he won, and all the enemies he killed, and um, please showed his muscles. What did the clown do? And the clown <laughs> pulled down his pants and went to the bathroom. <laughs> no, this is part of the old. I think it's Aesop fable. Yeah, and the clown and the Viking. And the Viking man. was like, "Well, she's clearly that's weird that you did that in front of the, the most beautiful woman in the village. Mm-hmm. She's clearly going to pick me." Yeah, but she picked the clown. Oh, what a wow. beautiful story! She man. admired how the clown was vulnerable. <laughs> Something wow. that Viking warrior probably couldn't do. Yeah. He probably couldn't take a shit in front of anybody. And then yeah. the Viking left the village never to be seen again. And oh. he, he left the village crying and his tears froze. Yeah. Um, and that's and they said to, f- for the rest of eternity, there were frozen teardrops leading out of the village. And meanwhile, the clown and the, and the lady got married and had a beautiful family together. <laughs> right. But yeah. in actuality, the teardrops can be explained. They were like... Uh, solar paneled like little like garden lights yes <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you know the fable no noma lights yeah yeah right. from canadian well, that, that's actually, it's, it's funny it's really nice and also it, isn't just... it totally applies to chris's <laughs> situation <laughs> yeah i thought like when the clown took down his pants he was gonna have like a huge wang no yeah, no no but he's shit yeah wow wow that's really good and it's yeah. also interesting to know that aesop created the concept of a viking yeah before <laughs> before yeah Man, okay. Well, that was. And I'll say, Chris, you know, but I'm surprised that you guys aren't. Well, Mike, you said kind of. You see some, and you don't like them, but I haven't. But you don't really get it, eh, James? I haven't been out as much in cold. Well, you're 5'11. You don't live the the lifestyle that we do because you're taller than us. So you don't. If you see these tall guys, you're like, oh, another guy just like me. James literally, unlike Mike and I, James literally doesn't know what it's like to be a little elf yanking on the sleeve <laughs> of a princess's dress. <laughs> I bet if you took 10 of our friends and said, who's taller of the three of us, it would be totally, no, no one would know. It'd be you. I don't think so. You guys, I'm wide load. You're tall dog. <laughs> and Mike is uh, thin min. <laughs> thin mint. Beep, beep. <laughs> Uh, guys, before we get to our evil man this week, we should mention that we have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash evil men. Sign up if you're interested. You get uh, at least two bonus episodes a month. There's lots of, lots of fun discussions on there. We're going to do some other fun stuff on there as well. Uh, I'm sure you'd enjoy it. Um, You've heard of Yoga with Adrian Yes Well we're putting together a little video series called Yoga with Evil Men And we're going to do all <laughs> sorts of uh, yoga videos uh, Some five minutes long Some a couple hours long And um, all sorts of interesting outfits We're going to be wearing as well Well maybe we're, We'll talk about that I don't We're going to show gonna you secrets that. about How to get taller and, and bigger mm-hmm. Well at the very least You'll get two bonus episodes a month And uh, if you can't Sign up for the Patreon. That's okay. You could rate us or review us or, I don't know, when you see us, just give us a, give us a back rub. I don't know. 
tell us hi. Say hi to us. If you see us, that'd be nice. Say hi. If you see James, say you're looking tall today. If you see me and Chris, say nice to see you. Yeah, anything like that works. You know? So that's patreon.com. Don't worry, clowns. <laughs> You'll Patreon, be fine. Patreon.com slash evil men. Thank you. James, I have a question for you. Who is the who is the evil man today? Sorry, I was going <laughs> to no, say it was a good song, but uh, today's evil man is a little guy called Mel Gibson. Oh, now I don't even think I need to do an intro blurb for Mel Gibson. We all know he's a famous actor from Australia. Yeah, that's not a Mel Gibson movie. This is a Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, the Christ, Mad Max, Max. Uh, Lethal Weapon, The Beaver Two. Yeah, what women want, which I saw in the theater at the time. You did. (laughs) That's hard to believe. So the premise was that he could read women's minds. I think he got bonked on the head or something, or electrocuted. Then suddenly he could hear women's thoughts, and he realized that this guy who had formerly been a chauvinistic jerk. Learned how to be more sensitive and to um, to uh, satisfy women's emotional needs, not just their physical ones. The only way you could ever understand Mm -hmm. women is you'd have to get bonked on the head. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is saying that while eating pizza. By the way, now I know what gave him that power. That guy. He was waterboarded in Guantanamo, and then suddenly a magical thing happened, and he could he could hear women's thoughts. <laughs> well, um, well, let me tell you about about. Mel. And what were the women's thoughts in that movie? Were they like, "Oh, he's got a nice butt in those jeans"? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, okay. Oh, he's very religious, almost to a scary degree. <laughs> All of the women's thoughts are about him. <laughs> <clears throat> well, let me tell you guys about Mel. James, tell us about Mel. Uh, Mel was born in 1956. Wait, what is that? Hey, wait, how old does that make him? Oldest, he's the oldest 50, man. Oldest shit. Oh, Seventy. My name's wow. Mel, and I'm my oldest shit. <laughs> uh, well, you you might take that Australian accent back in a second, Mike. But why? And you might shove it right up your ass. <laughs> because get this, Mel was born in 1956 in Peeksill, New York. But New York's not in Australia. I know. He was born in the United States. Okay. What's happening? He was the sixth of 11 children. Ew. Catholic. Alert. Keep it in your pawns. Yeah. Um, Family hit count. One, two, three, <laughs> three, uh, to 11. Yeah. yeah but yes. Again, New you're York. in New York. Yeah. Where's um, the 11th son? Who cares? <laughs> um, Mel's ga- dad was a guy named... Named Hutton Gibson. Yes. And his dad was a domineering patriarch who raised his children in a morally strict household and in near poverty. Who's Mel? more evil? Evil. Mm. Evil. Mel or his dad? Who's more evil? Mel or his dad? We're going to see. I, I'm probably going to give that to his dad. The um, reactionary apple didn't fall far from the tree mm, in this no. case. But yes, Hutton Gibson. Now, that's, a, that's from Wikipedia, the description of Hutton Gibson, right? If um mm. if if that ends up being your bio on Wikipedia, I think you've led a bad life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so uh, a bit of other background of Mel's family. Uh, Mel Gibson's grandma was an Australian opera singer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm from a high class Australian family. 
Figaro, 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 Figaro. <laughs> but Doctor, I am Piggly, I show you. <laughs> it's Romeo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, I was picturing a bunch of opera singers dress up like Vikings, but they've all got f- cans of Fosters. <laughs> well, they're singing their opera stereotypes. And they're standing on alligators that are walking. <laughs> oh, crocodiles, crocodiles, I guess. Shit. <laughs> uh, Mel Gibson's grandfather was a millionaire tobacco businessman. So oh, God. Ethics run in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, Mel's mother was Irish. So, so get this. Mel is actually an American citizen and an Irish citizen. Not even an Australian my mind is, citizen. Mm. My mind is already blown. Yeah. Um, so Mel's growing up in New York State. They're poor. Mm-hmm. And his dad had, had a job as a freight conductor. Wait, they're poor, but his grandfather was like yeah, a tobacco I, magnate? Yeah, I don't understand why that money didn't get to Do you think his it. psycho mm-hmm. father alienated the family from the <laughs> from the rest of the, the wealthy people? Not psycho guess. father, guess mm. guess say. <laughs> Psycho father, psycho mother. (laughs) (laughs) So Mel's dad had a job as a freight conductor, but injured his spine and couldn't work anymore. So the family became really worried about money. But get this. Ooh, posse vibes going out to his spine. (laughs) But get this. Uh, In 1968, Mel's dad appeared on the game show Jeopardy, which at the time was hosted by Art Fleming. Darn it. And Mel's dad our boy, eh? won several thousand dollars and became the grand champion, and that money helped keep his family afloat. Isn't that <laughs> unexpected? For all the questions racist? <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the beginning where it's like, today's contestants, and it's like, a professor from Boston, one of the like, a very authoritarian and religiously yeah. fanatic uh, mean man from a hardcore Catholic freight conductor <laughs> who just broke his spine. Hutton <laughs> <Martin> Gibson. <laughs> do 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 um, <laughs> a very anti-Semitic father of eleven. <laughs> yeah. What's so his name again? Hutton Gibson. So be like, doot, doot, doot. yes, Hutton. Uh, I'm not allowed to say it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> or like when they come back before, like after the first commercial break, and you learn a little fact about each of the players. It's like, so Hutton, it says here that you don't believe uh, that a certain historical event took place. <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, <laughs> doot, doot, doot. <laughs> oh boy. I had no idea that Jeopardy existed before the 80s. Oh, yeah, man. It's sad to know that it wasn't 100% Trebek's thing. Me too. It's like knowing that the Tonight Show was... Uh, oh, yeah, pre-Johnny. Yeah, Steve pre-Johnny. Allen, um, yeah, Clark Steve Allen and... <laughs> uh, Alfred Hitchcock. So... Jack Parr? Yes. So uh, Mel's dad wins this money on Jeopardy, which kind of keeps him afloat. And then oh, he, thank God! He, yeah, what a relief! And then he gets uh, wins a lawsuit over the his his in work injury. Wow. And Hutton Gibson thought, you know what? And you I, know what's funny about a lawsuit back then? Mm-hmm. Everything was, um, you know, there were no computers. Oh, yeah. Great <laughs> point. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> you had to do a lawsuit back then with no computers. Yeah, that's true. Write letters by hand. Right. Yeah, stamp it with your seal. Yeah. You couldn't say this to the judge back in then. You can go, Your Honor, look at the word Email file. Email me. Email yeah. me, yeah. Your yeah. Honor. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Mel's dad's got this. He wins this money. He gets mm-hmm. a settlement, and he says, "You know what? I'm sick of New York State. I'm moving my mm-hmm. family to the country my mother <laughs> is from. I'm moving my family to Australia." Mm-hmm. Nice. So I think Mel was about twelve at this point. Did they take mm-hmm. a steamship? I have no idea. Uh, maybe. Even Imagine, though this is like the fifties, sixties, uh, sixties now, I'm still pictured it being like eighteen ninety for some reason. <laughs> I'm yeah. imagining though there him she is. buying eleven boat or plane tickets or like thirteen. Oh, fuck, because yeah. with the parents. Tell That's... me he left some kids in America to fend for <laughs> themselves. Eleven goddamn kids. That makes me yeah. sick. That's too many. Yeah, kids. it's bug like. Mm-hmm. Hutton. Yeah, smarten up. <clears throat> Once you see one of Hutton's kids, that means there's many more in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> They say in New York State, you're never more than, yeah, two feet from one of Hutton Gibson's children. (laughs) One of Hutton's children ran over my foot one time one night (laughs) while I was walking by a sack of garbage. (laughs) So uh, Mel's in Australia. He goes to high school there. After high school, Mel uh, studies at the University of New South Wales in Sydney. Nice. Uh, And he uh, studied... Was he studying uh, how to be racist? No, he was studying (laughs) drama. Oh, right, right. Uh, I pref- forgot he was an actor. Yeah, he was at the National Institute of Dramatic Arts alongside future film thes- thespians like Judy Davis and Jeffrey Rush. Okay. I love both of them. Hmm. Um, Jeffrey me, Rush worked. played Peter Sellers in a biopic yeah, of Peter Sellers. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't bad. He did a good job. So uh, Mel made his film debut in, the, in 1977, the first year of the Blue Jays. I'll throw out there. Right. Yeah, he must have April been April seventh, nineteen seventy-seven. He must have been doubly happy then. Yeah, they started a year <laughs> before I was born. Yeah, when the Blue Jays started, my parents were like, "Quick, we need to make a son to watch the Blue Jays." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that movie was called Summer City, and Mel just got paid four hundred dollars for it. Hey, that's like what we get paid uh, now. Yeah, to act in a movie, Summer City. Um, but then Mel got a big break. 1979. Mad Max? Mad Max. Uh, guess how much he was paid for being in Mad Max? 1400 20000 15000 Okay. I was close. Yep. Oh, got- no, I wasn't close. I said 1400 <laughs> <laughs> You thought 14000 I forgot yeah. a zero. Uh, no, uh, I'm going to say here now, buys, even though, who are we talking about? Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson. Yep. Has been outed as a dink yep. for the last, like, we've known for 20 years now, maybe? Mm, 10, 15, 10. When, yeah, was maybe the, 20. when was the speeding ticket pulled That was over 10 there? years ago. It really was? It was yeah. only that? Yep. Shit. Okay. Well, anyways, before that, we didn't know that stuff about him. Uh, I got to admit, I've seen Mad Max, the original, probably five times, and Road Warrior three times. Yeah. he He's... He's uh, He was a great actor, although sometimes, you know, last night for some reason I watched the trailer for Maverick, mm-hmm. and you know, he's just got this, hey, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm being a bit crazy, you yeah. know, like I've got this energy and I'm a bit crazy, yeah. <laughs> look at this, and I feel like that's his real personality sh- coming through there. There's a scene in Braveheart, and I've seen Braveheart probably three times, yeah. at least, yeah. there's a scene in Braveheart where, you know, they got the blue paint on their faces, yeah. and he meets the uh, English in the field. To tell them, like, yeah, we're going to battle no matter what. 
And then he does this spin around on his horse. And while he's doing it, he does this cocky classic, like what you're saying, like, ah, I'm out of my mind, ain't I? Like Mel Gibson yeah, face. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the cringiest shit you've mm. ever fucking seen. He is it's just cringy. Like, nah, nah, nah. But he was very nah. handsome and he... he uh, some actors he's rugged they pull, they pull off this corny cringy thing somehow yeah i know he's got that rugged thing by the way remember how good fury road was i feel like that i don't should, mind people should still be talking about it it's incredible and i also don't mind tom hardy playing a quieter uh, no i guess mad max was always quiet mm. but tom hardy was great and also i think charlie's theron as furiosa was, was excellent and I think that they wanted to make a remake, or um, I mean, another sequel. Oh, I hope they do. Where she's more of a star. But I did sadly hear that the two of them did not get along at all. Oh, that's on set. too bad. That's too bad. Theron and Hardy. Remember in the original Mad Max, is like the villains wore this kind of S and M outfits, like this leather. Especially strap. in Road Warrior. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny. I don't know why it's, these yeah these can you, toughs I, would wear like yeah, <laughs> you know, a bikini bottom and leather straps. <laughs> Well, maybe if you're, uh, you know, hardcore conservative and religious, fundamentally, uh, yeah, yeah, like weird guys walking around in S and M gear is a dystopia, dystopian future to you. <laughs> right? You're like, did, oh my god, look, demons walk the earth. How did Hutton Gibson react when his son brought him to the premiere of Mad oh, Max? Do you think? Prob- well, Hutton almost definitely believes in some kind of end times, so he mm-hmm. probably thought it was. Tr- going to be true right yeah thanks Um, for helping uh bring the apocalypse son (laughs) what's that book of revelations all that Mm -hmm, stuff it says mm -hmm. and you will see men up on the screen in (laughs) snm gear um so mad max was a the top grossing australian film um and held the record in the guinness book of world records for decades as the most profitable film ever created no for decades no. In Australia? Really? Or in the world? Apparently wow. in the world. It's I don't gotta know. It's got to be just Australia. I wow. mean, it probably was made really cheaply. I mean... What year was it? 79. Okay. Right. Hey, check me on this, Oh, folks. is it saying independent, did you say? What I wrote down was it held the record in the Guinness Book of Records for decades as the most profitable film ever created. I mean, keep in mind, decades, maybe it, was, it wasn't what by 1995. What the fuck about Star Wars or Jaws? But... Well, that's a great point. I mean, look. <laughs> it's got to be independent film, and it might even be Australia. I think uh, it definitely Wikipedia, blew up this worldwide. Is on you. This is on you, Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. Anyone listening? We're putting an asterisk by that, st- by that fact. Ding. Yeah. And then he made this uh, big war movie with Peter Weir, one of, uh, a director Gallipoli. I love, called Gallip- yeah, Gallipoli. Gallipoli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I don't you love that movie. I love also, Peter Weir, though. You had a note about another movie called... Yes. So after Mad Max, Mel Gibson took a more a different role. He played a mentally slow youth in a film called Tim. <laughs> I haven't seen it, I but I, it, it doesn't sound now, good. Can I... Um, Tim, you all right? Can I read a little... <laughs> can I read no, the... I'm crazy. I'm Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Can I read the IMDb uh, synopsis of the movie Tim? Mm-hmm. Yes. So he's following up this massive success, Mad Max... With the movie Tim, here's the plot. A somewhat mentally handicapped 20-year-old man works as a laborer, but everyone abuses his naivete. A nice 40-year-old American woman hires him one day, and they become close. However, the town and his family see her as predatory. 
Tim. <laughs> oh, wow. You and know what? You can always get away with... <laughs> so there's, the, there's a picture of him as the somewhat mentally handicapped... Uh, young man, he just looks like a full hunk. Yeah, it it literally is the steamiest, sexiest photo of Mel Gibson at like 22 you've ever seen. Yeah. And this is supposed to be like the guy in Mice and Men. Or? Yeah, he's Lenny. Read the beginning of the synopsis again. Was that? Read the beginning of the synopsis again. A somewhat yeah, mentally see, handicapped. You can always man. you. I'm just somewhat. Le- yeah, legally, you can get away with murder if you say somewhat beforehand. Right. Somewhat <laughs> mentally handicapped. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to stick with, you know, you know, he's like. Yeah, yeah. It's not an official thing. He's just somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a, uh, couldn't they just made a movie he can about a regular ex- construction worker who falls in love with an yeah. older woman? Yeah, he doesn't even. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, is he actually mentally challenged or what is this character? It's it's more like the sun (laughs) is bothering him that day. (laughs) He wanted me to build a house. Oh, no, I built a car. (laughs) That's that's not a very good Australian accent. No, that was good. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, Tim. I built a car. Good career move because he wants to show he's like all actors that he can play. Is this Australian? I built a car. Car. I built a car. I built a car. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, there's a great car movie from Australia from the 70s. Do you know that one? Oh, damn. Ah, whatever. I, I shouldn't have brought it up. The auto that liked to drink. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've seen Walkabout. I've seen Wake and Fright. Walkabout rules. Is that Peter Weir? No, that's... Walkabout uh, is uh, the guy who did The Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah. His name is Nicholas, Nicholas Rogue. Nicholas Rogue. Yeah. Oh, I love Walkabout. That's yeah. a wild movie. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so as you mentioned, Chris, in 81, he starred in Gallipoli, which earned him a Best Actor Award from the Australian Film Institute. Thank you. Uh, and the Aussie goes to you. <laughs> it must be called the Aussie. Uh, I hope so. Uh, Re- remember Yahoo Serious. Oscar. I wonder if Yahoo Serious oh, won an cute. award. Yeah. Oscar uh, ceremony. So Gallip- ceremony. Gallipoli was a big movie for Mel... That's nice. It earned him a reputation as a serious, versatile actor. And, and now act- he's got a different reputation. And... Gallipoli got Mel a big-time Hollywood agent. So now Mel's really kind of starting to get big here. I've seen you in Tim, and I have to say, Mr. Gibson, I love your work. You are the steamiest mentally handicapped person I have ever seen. Uh, somewhat, of course. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. somewhat. <laughs> um, That's a medical term. Somewhat medically, mentally. Oh, yeah. God. So We it, cracked beers for this episode, guys. <laughs> I'm starting to slip. It's okay. We're focused. In 82, Mel made Mad Max 2. Hey, that, that wasn't Thunderdome, or was it? No, it's Road Warrior. Road Warrior. And that they was, call it Mad Max 2 somewhere, too. That was Mel's first big hit in America, and then things really took off. <clears throat> now, I thought I'd do a little game with you boys. Oh, you? James, you've always got something up your sleeve, and that's why I love when you host an oh, episode. Oh, thank you. Do you. Now, do you guys like to play games? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yikes. Scary. Okay. Do you? Yeah. Great. Here's a little game <laughs> called... Was Mel Gibson in this movie? Oh, oh I can do this. No and problem. I'm gonna well, I give know he you, was in Tim. <clears throat> he was in Tim. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a few movies, and you, you, you guys tell me if you think he was in it or not. I know a Tim who is somewhat mentally handicapped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was Mel Gibson in a 1990 adaptation of Hamlet? Yes. Yes. Correct. He was. With, I believe, was Gertrude... His mother was that Glenn Close in that version, possibly. Mm. Unless I'm thinking of the Kenneth Branagh one. Everyone makes a damn Hamlet, anyway. Yeah, you're right. Was you can't make a Hamlet without cracking a few eggs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Was Mel Gibson in 1995's Operation Dumbo Drop? No. I'm going to say also no. No, you're both correct. Yes. I just thought I might trick you. You're looking you at the that. Gibson boys. We know everything about him. <laughs> yeah. We're his biggest fans. Imagine him in the movie. We're actually mad that you're do- making, calling him an evil man. <laughs> He's really cool. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Was Mel Gibson in a 2017 movie called Daddy's Home 2? Yes. I don't know. He plays Mark Wahlberg's dad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. And there's some good jokes. Okay. And Mark Wahlberg is also an extremely devout, like, Opus Dei Catholic. Like, very... There you go. Uh, the set yeah, he probably yeah. defends... The must have been real fun for that one. Yeah. yeah. He probably defends Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. And also, he got in trouble for beating a guy blind, didn't he? <laughs> Yes. Or is that alleged or is that no, true? No, it's Marky true. Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. damn. And I was such a big fan of Good Vibrations. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song. Um, <laughs> was Mel Feel Gib- it, feel it. Was- <laughs> Ouch. Feel my underwear. Was Mel Gibson in a 2019 movie called The Professor and the Madman? Yes. Have you seen it? Terrence, my brother, has seen it, and he told me it's very bad, and he's, it's funny. Oh, yeah. But was. the book is very good. I didn't know that one. Mm. It's about the creation of the Oxford English Dictionary, a subject that on the surface sounds dry as toast, but actually <laughs> has a, an insane story behind it. Wow. Oh. <clears throat> Interesting, really. The man who sent in the most number, basically there was no standard dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy was like, I'm going to compile the dictionary. And yeah. they put out a call to like anyone who wants to just submit words with, with some definitions and uh, citing it being used in a published work. And so people were sending in word definitions from around the world. And the person who sent in the most definitions was this guy who was in prison in England who was an American seaman like a navy guy oh. who had gone crazy and murdered an irishman Whoa. in the uk and then went to an insane asylum and while he was just like in his cell just sent in like hundreds and hundreds thousands of word definitions no way to the oxford english dictionary and also while he was in his asylum he uh, castrated himself <laughs> you know what <clears throat> we to focus, do- <laughs> Mike. He probably should- couldn't focus with that thing. By yeah. we should do that as an evil man. We should fucking do it. Wow, how about that? Okay, that's fucking crazy. Very interesting. The dictionary. Next time you read it, realize how fucked up it is. <laughs> uh, was Mel Gibson in Hubie Halloween? No, I haven't seen it. Don't know. I'm going to say no. You're both correct. The answer is no. I think no because. That's an Adam Sandler project, yeah. and I have a feeling that Adam Sandler wouldn't want <laughs> Mel Gibson involved in That's something he works on. Yeah, point. I don't think James... That's a very yeah. good point. I don't uh, think James thought ahead. Um, was Mel Gibson... Well, was Mel, was Mel Gibson in... Feather on the Roof. Uh, what's that Hanukkah <laughs> Adam Sandler movie? Oh, Eight, Eight, Crazy, Eight Crazy Nights. Nights. Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> was Mel Gibson in a 2020 movie called Boss Level? I don't know. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'll say yes too. You're both correct. Oh, that's the game. You guys were perfect. Wow. Is there a theme song for that game? We could make one up. Chris, mm, mm, drop mm, a beat. Mm, mm. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> beep beep. 
Okay, so back to his life. I just thought that was a fun little game because he's been in a lot of movies. I'm having fun. I'm smiling. I'm enjoying time with my friends. So this far, is the highlight of my week. Actually, I know it probably really is. Oh, it is nice. for me. Yeah, well, I can't tell how he's evil yet, though. No, I know. I'm. I'm slow. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. There's just a couple more points of his career. Here. Tell me, he <laughs> killed some guys. In, well, he did. In 1987's Lethal Weapon, which was the next thing I was going to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Big break for Mel. He lands a role. He plays Martin Riggs. Oh, a slightly weapon. mentally handicapped Vietnam veteran. <laughs> um, recently Mart- widowed. Exactly. He does act like that Mel gibson thing That's you're talking about. Where he's just like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always on the border. <laughs> yeah. I walked a line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well... Martin Riggs was a recently widowed Vietnam veteran with a death wish and a penchant for violence and gunplay, as I was described. When that came out, I was still a boy. I wasn't even like 10 yet. Mm. And I think it came on when I would visit my dad. He had a movie channel. And I remember watching the beginning. I wasn't 10 yet, I don't think. Yeah. And so it was on the movie channel. And it starts with a woman snorting coke. And then jumping off the balcony of the building to her death, and then uh, and then I think it, it cuts to him in a trailer with a gun about to blow his brains out or something. And I was like, "Why does everyone like this movie? <laughs> Son, it's a comedy. You should be laughing." <laughs> ha, 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 Remember his sad. long flowing hair in Lethal Weapon too. He had a big head of hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a lion's mane. Yeah, you know, like cops do. Yeah, and all. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I was thinking too. Remember, um, I had forgotten that in one of the Lethal Weapons, Joe Pesci was the third guy. Yeah, it was he, like uh, he was a bad guy in one. Danny of them, Glover I think he was, showed up as a buddy. Yeah, right. Danny Glover was the partner. So Mel mm. Gibson's going like, "I'm crazy," <laughs> and Danny Glover's like, "Oh God, don't do this." Danny Glover's literally saying, "I'm getting too old for this shit," and he literally said that in yeah. there, didn't he? He sits Audience? on the toilet, and then there's a bomb. Oh, that was good. Is that Lethal Weapon 2, though? Ooh, I don't one? remember. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I never went past those ones. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. You wouldn't make that today, would you? No, you um, wouldn't. So, I'll get to you the... Need to, you'd need the weapon to not be so lethal. If yes. you made Lethal Weapon today, it would be about um, the mental health services available to... Traumatized police officers who have returned from a war zone. Yeah, I didn't you even know? mean in a police way. I just meant you don't see action movies like that anymore. Yeah. No, you just well, but that's also true. Spider-Man, yeah, um, Batman. You're right. You're right. It has to be Spider-Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be funny if it was about Danny Glover and Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm getting too old to be For a partner. Web. I'm Spider-Man. getting too old. This web. <laughs> My partner is literally some sort of spider guy. <laughs> Um, okay, mm-hmm. so that was a huge hit also. I'm Giant hit. Think, now yeah. he's like a megastar. Makes Tim look like mm-hmm. child's play. Makes Tim look like yeah. shit. <laughs> What's next? Made in America with him and Robert Downey Jr.? The next big one I was just going to mention before I get to the controversy was, uh, I think, I, I would say like it feels like the peak of Mel's career of who, Mel, you know, Mel as a superstar was uh, probably Braveheart, 1995. Yeah, but that's Mel- still like eight years after Lethal Weapon, but he's pumping out hit after hit oh, yeah. up until oh, yeah. Braveheart. And in Braveheart, he directed it too, and it won. Yes. Yeah. It won best picture and best director at the Academy Awards. Yeah. So that's hard to top that. When I was a tiny little child, and actually I was probably like an early teen at this age, mm. Braveheart blew my freaking mind. Oh yeah, me yeah. and my friends like it was one of those two two VHS cassette type movies. Can me I and my s- friends watch it all the time in their basement. Can I say something? Mel Gibson was named People's First Ever Sexiest Man Alive 
after Whoa. the Mad Max trilogy came out. So this is why people still want him to work today, because he was sexy in the 90s. He was sexy. Maybe his brain had some unsexy opinions. <laughs> but his body certainly could get the job done. <laughs> um, well, if you took away all the bad things that are coming up, I mean, it's an incredible career, really. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's why there's like people in Hollywood that still try to champion him or at least like yeah. give him another break because you know the shit that we know that he said and thinks is fucking awful and stupid but i could see like friends of his in hollywood trying to talk their way out of it being that bad it and seemed that thinking of it as like happen. mistakes <clears throat> and, yeah but, but he doesn't the, seem like a redemptive person we're, we're getting right we're oh the, i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm ruining horse it before the cart <laughs> Or the well, cart before the horse. I just, will, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just will quickly mention that that uh, in winning the Academy Award for Best Director, Mel Gibson became only the sixth actor turned filmmaker ever to do so, and it really helped revive the film genre of historical epic. So huge, right. impactful mm. film. Weird thing that he's good. we we know that he is from Australian and Irish. Eth- uh, he's of Australian Irish ethnicity, yet he made a movie about a Scottish national hero does he have any mm. scottish not as far as connection? i can see but you know he's irish as well who hate the british so, sort yeah of, so. yeah for sure by the way uh <clears throat> listeners if you haven't seen it yet i feel like if you're a comedy fan you've already seen it but Stuart lee's breakdown <laughs> he's doing a stand-up in glasgow and he breaks down all of the how the story of you know the inaccuracies of the william wallace story in braveheart <laughs> And it's incredibly funny. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, have you seen it, James? You haven't seen Braveheart? it. Braveheart? Oh, I've seen it. No, I mean Stuart Lee's. No, thing. I haven't. You've seen it, right, Mike? Yeah, I've I'll watched it, it like twice. I'll look it up. It's wild. He's in Glasgow saying some crazy wow, stuff. That's funny. He goes off. Yeah. So let me. He f- does what stand-ups are supposed to do. <laughs> let me finally get to where things start getting controversial, etc. Um, Controversy. I'm guys on top of the damn world. King, king, oh, yes. I'm king of the world, he said. When hey, he, leave him up there. I'm Mel Gibson, and I'm king of the world, and I'm crazy. <laughs> um, I would say the first bit of controversy arrived when Mel directed, produced, co-wrote, and funded 2004's The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> so that came... Okay, yeah. He but... followed up Braveheart with that No, no, movie. this is nine years later, oh, nine but years I'm later. not sorry, mentioning sorry. every movie. All right, all right. But, uh, yeah. but yes, okay. So was Apocalypto before Passion of the Christ? I believe it was after. And oh. I never saw Passion of the Christ, but I did see Apocalypto, and I did think it was good at the time. Yeah, Apocalypto is a great movie. But but... Passion, interesting. Passion of the Christ, was that, was that most people's realization that Mel Gibson was a devoutly religious I Catholic? I think you're right, like, Michael. Um yeah, The Passion of the Christ chronicled the death of Jesus, and it was shot exclusively in Aramaic, Latin, and Hebrew. And Jesus was a Great. 33-year-old, semi-mentally handicapped uh, <laughs> uh, carpenter. Somewhat. Somewhat. And it was Jim Caviezel, <laughs> yeah. Caviezel right. or whatever, mm-hmm. who, and this is a very disappointing thing for me, uh, I when Thin Red Line came out on DVD... I watched it two or three times. I was really taken by the epic scope of the film and Terrence Malick's, you know, direction and cinematography. It's an absolutely beautiful movie about war. And Jim Caviezel has this really, like, quirky 
sort of almost Buddhist character who drifts through the war, detached from uh, everything. And that's exactly why his uh, sergeant, Sean Penn, like drives him, you know, he drives him nuts. He can't get a grip on this guy. And now I know, looking back, Jim Caviezel is like, I guess they made it more like a Jesus character. Like he walks through the war and is all about love and helping people. But anyways, that guy went somewhat mentally handicapped about Christianity <laughs> after Thin Red. Like, I didn't know that about him, but he, I think he makes all these like propaganda. Oh, he's a, Christian. He's not. He's a hardcore like Hollywood <laughs> is Catholic. Uh, is no, it okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, uh, you know what? I remember weirdly yeah. seeing a, a So he played the, Jesus. Yes. And yeah. I think he is insanely devoutly christian yeah Yeah. i remember seeing kind of a behind the scenes of passion of the christ for some reason and jim caviezel i guess got struck by lightning and and and, and (laughs) that is god saying you go girl (laughs) but then like it was it was mel talking about the filming and how it was crazy and then he even said he said something like even his initials jc like Almost as though there were all Jesus these signs Christ. that, uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> there were all these signs that it was somehow, you know, what whatever. was the blood budget like for Passion of the Christ? It must have been must at least, you know, $50 million. Um, so this is interesting. Remember how I said the film was shot exclusively? I should tell Mel Gibson that my initials are CL, Christ Law. Yeah, you know, <laughs> get, in the, get in the sequel. Mm-hmm. So remember he shot the film in, in the, you know, Aramaic, Latin, and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Gibson intended to release the film without subtitles. <laughs> I feel like that's that a bad like idea. The kind of the, first of all, this this movie being made at all is seems so unlikely from like a, a star who was in like yeah Mad Max and Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Something like you're making a what movie now? Yeah, and it's not in English with and also no subtitles. Mm-hmm. Seems like um, a decision made either under uh, while you're abusing drugs or you're mm-hmm. slightly mentally uh, somewhat. <laughs> Somewhat. somewhat, somewhat. Let's keep it somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. somewhat. Let's keep it Tim. Yeah. From um, now on, we'll just say it, let's it keep like it Tim. Yeah, it sounds like something Tim would do, you know, <laughs> to make this movie. So, <laughs> um, and also, like, here's the thing. I know what the world is like right now. I know what fifty percent of America is like right now. I know what I heard those truckers say at Parliament Hill. I know what people are like. Uh-huh. Are you really? Why do we have to live in a world where you're like, look what they really did to Jesus Christ? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, how does that still happen? It was a Mm -hmm. big hit. How does that happen? It was a big hit with somewhat Tim's (laughs) all over the place. Tim's in America. So, but it was against all odds. Yes, it was a gigantic hit. Gigantic hit, yes. But would you watch Fuck. that in the theater and go, "How could they have done this to Jesus?" <laughs> I mean, probably. It's not, a classic thing where I don't think anyone was surprised by the ending, though. Like, would you eat been, popcorn? There, were, there was no twist. <laughs> yeah, I'll get some glossettes and I'll get a big Coca Cola. Junior Seinfeld. Yeah. Well, but, I couldn't finish my glossettes when I watched. Uh, no, but the thing is, is like, yes, everybody knows how the ending goes, but the weird thing about passion of the christ that was um everybody was talking about mm. was that you you know bell bell gibson <laughs> bell gibson, bell gibson. Yes. Bill gibson. yeah bill stampson mm-hmm. no mel gibson did not bat an eye he didn't turn away 
he showed you exactly how much torture they did to Jesus Christ. Right. I never saw the movie, but it so, was But that's what it's supposed grisly. to be. That's the main right. point. It was, it right. was like, being... you, you want to be devoted as I am? Mm, then yeah. we need to suffer through this together to watch how Jesus suffered for us. Right. And that's mostly what he wanted to illustrate with the movie. And that, to me, is the same as like Disney going like, the passion of fucking Iron Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like imagine like Iron Man just being like, oh, how can Thanos keep doing this to me? And then we're like crying our fucking eyes out. It was accused of being like a bit much like t- torture porn for right. like. Imagine relishing in the suffering right. of. Imagine oh Dan Aykroyd made The Passion of Slimer. <laughs> yeah, it was torture yeah. porn yeah. for. Hardcore devout Christians who right. wanted to suffer to feel what it's, you know, they, it's they the whole to, thing is about guilt yeah. all, all the time. So you got to be like, you know, this happened to Jesus, so I got to stop laughing with my friends for a while and really right. think about life. You You're see right, what I'm saying? Right, I do. Um, okay, I don't know why I'm going off. No, no, that. I think but that's it, a good point. Didn't this movie though do a weird thing where it? It was sort of like it made a ton of money and was a huge hit, but not through like traditional cinema releases, but through like mega churches in America, like sending busloads of people. Oh, I, I don't know. To the see Venga it, special bus. screenings. <laughs> they had the, the Bang Bus sent people to see it. Everybody, I know it's been a good mood so far, but let's. We're about to watch it really. The Venga Boys love Jesus. We like to suffer. We like we like to suffer. We like to suffer. Yeah. The Passion of the Christ is coming. You're gonna watch him suffer. It's gonna make you sad. <laughs> um Yeah, the the film <laughs> I love that song, honestly. It is good. I play it for my girls and they go nuts. The film sparked divergent reviews ranging from high praise to criticism of the violence, like you guys mentioned. Um mm-hmm. now here's a big thing about it. The anti defamation league accused Gibson of anti-Semitism over the film's unflattering depiction mm-hmm. of Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. So this is when it starts. Right. And and, and uh, from what I understand, uh, some of the Jewish characters seem to be caricatures, big noses, gnarly faces, yellow teeth, you know. Um, there was a deleted scene where a Jewish character says uh, regarding Jesus, his blood will be on us and our children. Uh, I think mm-hmm. there was a general vibe that this was yeah. sort of painting the Jewish mm-hmm. people in a very bad light, and that's the old anti-Semitic trope that you Merchant know, of Venice, Christ killers, and mm-hmm. you know they are to blame. Um, that goes back to the you know time of the foundation of Christianity. I it's think. just two sects of the religion fighting with each other. Actually, this is a good point between this and the thing that's coming up next, which is probably the the. His dad getting pulled over. Okay, oh, that's coming up after that. Yeah. Okay, sorry, but these two things I can go back in time to when they both kind of happened, and exactly what Mike is saying. As a fan of Mel Gibson before this, be turn unfortunate turn in the news where we all learned whatever. I do remember thinking like that's a very old school <laughs> way of this hot Hollywood actor thinking. Like I really did think it was weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. You know those old corny like religious movies from the golden age of the of Hollywood too seem out of place and like embarrassing now. Like 
the Ten Commandments and stuff, and you're like, Mel Gibson's doing something like that? <laughs> yeah. It just felt weird. And then even when he was racist when he got pulled over, which we're getting to, I'm sorry, I'm ruining it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as a fan, seen it in the news and seen it like basically the claims being like proven, mm. you're like, wait, he's got a dumb old mind. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's like, an old like how can you be like a hot Hollywood actor in the 90s, which weren't as progressive as we thought at the time? but they felt like it to us then yeah they were getting better at least like things were being talked about he was beautiful on the outside but a bit ugly on the inside yeah yes. anyways i'm sorry I not at all um, i'm not being funny so in an interview in, with the globe and mail toronto yeah uh about the perceived anti-semitism in the movie gibson stated quote if anyone has distorted gospel passages to rationalize cruelty towards Jews or anyone, it's in defiance of repeated papal condemnation. The papacy has condemned racism in any form. Jesus died for the sins of all times, and I'll be first on the line for culpability. So, I mean, it's weird. He just seems, seems to be like defending a cool him. A interview for film fans. <laughs> It seems like he's saying the Pope says he's not anti-Semitic. So yeah, um, it's Catholic an Church. old argument. It's well documented history of anti-Semitism yeah. in the Catholic Church. Now, but, yes, mm-hmm. this feels like a good time to go back to Mel's dad Hutton. Hutton now that in the house, speculating about this anti-Semitism mm-hmm. in that movie. So mm-hmm. um, Hutton Gibson had some pretty rough views. Jeopardy champion. Jeopardy champion. Yes. <laughs> Hutton uh, <laughs> denied the legitimacy of John Paul II as Pope, once calling him a, quote, Koran kisser, <laughs> which is a, pretty wild. And he said that the, he also said that a Vatican council to modernize the church had been, quote, a Masonic plot backed by the Jews. Um, so, yeah, Hutton, he also, <laughs> yeah. The, the Masonic Lodge famously run by Jewish people. <laughs> Um, Protestant Jewish people, right. Masons. Yes. Hutton formed a group called the Alliance for Catholic Tradition. That, <laughs> the name alone does not sound too fun. Um, in 2003, <laughs> when Mel was directing Passion of the Christ, Hutton <laughs> gave an interview to the New York Times. Paper of record. Yeah. Laced with comments about conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that the planes that crashed into the World Trade Center <laughs> on 9-11 had been remote controlled he uh without saying who by who mm-hmm. and he also went on to say that the number of jews killed in the holocaust was wildly inflated now sorry was this he during said that the to the new york times this is when they were filming passion of the christ <laughs> filming passion of the christ like yes. hey i ran into mel gibson's father on the yeah. set i might as well uh, get some some fun yes. quotes from him yeah dad right. can you help me get some buzz going for my next picture <laughs> dad you're welcome to jeopardy your first contestant Believes that planes were controlled by remote control flying into the Twin Towers. A little RV uh, remote control handheld like race car controller. Yeah. With like a forward, backward, left, right (laughs) control. So um, it gets worse, too. I said RV, sorry, RC racing. You know, that's like, yeah, yeah. It gets worse as well. Hutton did a radio interview a week before the release of the Passion of the Christ. Mm-mm. And he said about the Holocaust, quote, it's all, maybe not all fiction, but most of it is. So he is not... Oh, so can I just ask... Backing down. How does he know that? 
He did I mean, his own whole, research. There's a whole weird school of No, I know. We had that guy in, uh, what's his name? Ernst Zundel. Ernst Zundel in Canada. Yeah. No, I know we have that guy. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like those guys talking to each other. I think yeah. so. It must be. But, not, but not nobody helpful. knows it. Not helpful when you're promoting a big movie, right? To have your right. dad out there. If my dad did that when I was about to release a self-funded film that wasn't even in English, I'd be so Well, Thanksgiving so would be pretty awkward that year. Yes. But these Holocaust deniers who still pop up every now and then, and it's really extremely disappointing and sad. We're very disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> but where... what? When they're backed against the wall, what do they say their evidence for that is? I don't know. They I have, mean, they're have stupid. Have you seen that, that, that Errol Morris documentary? Yeah, Dr. Death. Doc, Mr. Death. Mr. Death, yeah, I've seen that. He, they they have, still go they by that? documents, and they go to yeah. the sites, and they measure shit, and they go like, it's impossible to have, to have happened, yeah, whatever. Yeah, there was something. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Death. Yeah. Okay, so they still use that. It's like, Mr. Death. Yeah, but it's also if you haven't seen thinking, it. if you already are a hateful person you're gonna yeah. do everything you can to arrange yeah. the facts to right. maybe line up and i mean that's what i know and i don't yeah. want it to be that simple yeah but mm-hmm. it probably is sorry it's a sad topic it really makes me upset it is um but well, hutton's out there hutton's out, so <laughs> so now let's so hutton's <laughs> one of those guys yes and he's Hutton mel gibson's fucking dad <laughs> So you know that's yeah. why basically yeah this yeah. is one of Mel Gibson this is Mel Gibson's fucking dad exactly so if we bring this all together you've got Mel being accused of anti-Semitic portrayals in his movie his dad is giving all these <laughs> interviews that are wildly anti-Semitic mm-hmm. so now this is when it's really getting weird for Mel and I feel like the public is starting to be like what's the deal with Mel Gibson a bit. Mm-hmm. So Mel did an interview with Diane Sawyer of ABC, and she asked him to repudiate his father's statements, and Mel stopped short of doing that, and he said, quote, he's my father. Gotta leave it alone, Diane. Gotta <laughs> leave it alone. Which feels like not the perfect PR response yeah. to his dad's comments. Yeah. He didn't even try. It's like, uh, you're, you're crossing the line, Diane. I know. and um, yeah, yeah, like she's at fault all of a sudden. <laughs> For That's how awful low, him and his dad leave are. Leave that alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it gets even worse, believe it or not. Because um, remember when the, we were saying the New York Times interviewed his dad, mm-hmm. uh, Mel Gibson, in talking about the author of that story, said, quote, I want to kill him. I want his intestines on a stick. I want to kill his dog. Why dog? Interesting. I don't know. But it's a pretty visceral comment. I always, when things like this happen with celebrities, I always think just like, optically, no matter what Mel Gibson truly believes, just optically, just before his movie comes out, and just for the sake of his public image, why wouldn't he be like, yeah, that's just dad going off, you know, I don't... I don't agree with what he says. Next question. It would have been very easy you know, to do. Instead of going like, actually, <laughs> yeah. how dare you? <laughs> yeah. You have no tact yeah. to you the reporter. No tact, Diane. Yeah. yeah. I want to kill your dog, actually. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see guts on a stick. Oh, thank you That's, for clearing uh, that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, really? So Mel really felt like, oh, my traditional Catholicism is... The t- is being unfairly criticized here. Yeah. Uh, he said his human rights were violated. Absolutely. And uh, that his, you know, religious beliefs are being unfairly, you know, judged. Mm-hmm. And um, so despite all this shit, despite all this stuff, 
like we said, the he's still just a rat in a cage. No. Despite all that, the film was a huge success. It grossed $611 million worldwide. Biggest Mel Gibson movie ever. That doesn't make sense. Seventh highest grossing film at the time in history. How much did Tim gross? I just want to compare. <laughs> I think, well, this was $600 million. I think that was $500 million. Look, if there's anyone listening that's a hardcore, somewhat Tim-like, fundamentalist uh, nut job, uh... We love everybody. Okay, don't, don't <laughs> hunt us and kill us, please. Uh, it was the highest grossing R-rated film of all time and nominated for three Academy Awards. So it was R-rated because of how violent it I was. So you had to get like... It seems nuts. Do you huh? think a bunch of like, uh, underage teens were sneaking into Passion of the Christ <laughs> to like try Are to, there like... boobs in Passion of the Christ? <laughs> yeah, some kid's like, it's an R-rated movie. Let's go watch it. There might be boobs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so let's get now to some of... A couple other really bad Mel things. So, so he's tainted his image in Hollywood now with all this Tainted Mel. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll just set up this next point by mentioning, I, I forgot to mention it earlier, that in 1980, uh, Mel uh, married a woman named Robin Moore and they did have seven kids. So there's some... Mm. God. Um, but uh, in 06, uh, Gibson was arrested for a DUI while speeding with an open alcohol in his car. And Gibson told the officer, my life is over. I'm fucked. Robin's going to leave me. And um, according to the arrest report, Gibson exploded into an angry tirade when the arresting officer would not allow him to drive home. Gibson said to the officer, fucking, I feel bad even saying it. Well, it's not your words. And it's it's pretty famous. Uh, Yeah, effing Jewish people. The Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. Are you a Jew? Is what Mel said. Um, And uh, Mel told Diane Sawyer later, this was all blurted out in a moment of insanity. Um, Anyway, his wife did leave him soon after that. (laughs) And they got divorced. And the settlement with his ex-wife was said to be the highest in Hollywood history at over $400 million she got. Wow. Now, that seems like an odd thing to say when an officer uh, just won't let you drive home because you're drunk. It does. He, he brought seem up something odd. that wasn't pertinent to the conversation. He didn't. He wasn't saying effing driving laws in this state. <laughs> yeah. Or this alcohol is too That's strong. Kind of what I w- it's a very that always strange. bugged me about this story. It's like, why did you say that? It's like top of his mind. It seems yeah. to me like it anyone. Does that seem you're that kind way. of obsessing. Like, you're yeah. rich. You're handsome. You're speeding around in a car. Maybe don't worry about uh, like <laughs> what are you yeah conspiracy? about your yeah. conspiracy theory. So that also didn't do do him any favors. That's not helping. Um, After his divorce, he started dating a Russian pianist named (laughs) Oksana Grigorieva, who Mm -hmm. also had a son with Timothy Dalton. Just a fun fact. Another Tim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Gibson did have a kid with her, (laughs) but they split in 2010, and she filed a restraining order against Uh Mel to keep him away from her and their child. She accused Mel of domestic violence, leading to an investigation. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Now, you guys probably all heard this there are audio recordings of a rant right gibson directed bef- toward gregorieva and it's not a fun rant like the kind dennis miller goes no mm-hmm. no yeah. it's truly heinous it's horrible it feels like someone saying the worst possible things you could say to someone yeah. um he uses the n-word in it mm. um it's truly not good um yeah. 
In one of the recorded conversations with Grigorieva, she brings up that he hit her and broke her teeth. He s- reportedly said, you deserved it. I mean, it's really Jesus bad. Jesus Christ. And if what you listen to the recordings, it's guy. like someone totally unhinged. Did he say that he mind. wanted her like R-worded? I yes. I didn't want to get too dark, but he said, you know, if you get... But we're also talking something about how bad, this guy's evil. It's true. If something bad happens to you, you deserve it and all this stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty bad. Um, what the hell, man? What the yeah. fuck happened to this guy? That's right. Um, so that, when that came out, Mel's agency dropped him. Um, he pled no contest to a battery charge. Uh, so there you go. Um, also, just as a note, uh, in the, even in the early 90s, Mel made derogatory comments about homosexuals, which he blamed on drinking too much that day. So just a terrible long list. Um, anyway, so this was like obviously destroyed Mel's career for a while. Yes. Is this the, around the time where he grew that famous beard of his? I think it is. That sad beard yes, of his. Yes, that divorced dude beard. Yeah. Um, he was blacklisted in Hollywood for almost a decade. But interestingly... Robert Downey Jr. and others advocated for forgiveness for Gibson. Hmm. And uh, he did, as we know, made a comeback. It seems like Jodie Foster did, too, because he was in that movie with her. Yeah, she seemed to be instrumental in sort of, like, gently ushering him back into, like, mm. the Hollywood mainstream. And she, I think, put him in that movie, The Beaver, that right. she directed. Right. That seemed to be the first, his yeah. first foray back. And now he's just fully in movies. I mean, they're B-movies. But he is in like I, if you look in his IMDb, he has about five in production. <laughs> is he has he reached that point in his career that happens to some people where he's now like poking fun at being Mel Gibson, where he's poking yeah. fun like I'm a jerk, I'm a you know yeah. I'm a I'm a crazy person like yeah his movies have a real meta aspect like he was in that one Fat Man where he was like a, a army Santa like a it was like a Santa movie but oh, an right. action movie yeah um, but. Basically, by 2016, uh, his his movie Hacksaw Ridge got th- uh, Academy Award nominations, and suddenly actors and agencies became okay working with him again, and that was perceived right. as the thaw for Mel. He's back. So, can I ask? Was it the the drinking and driving incident where he was stopped? Is that the one where he famously like called the officer quote sugar tits? Right. I don't know which. I think it is. Pull over this was, because there was more than one, but he did... That's right. He said, quote, what do you think you're looking at, sugar tits? Sugar tits. So I kind of like this director named S. uh, Craig... um, Do you guys know Craig Zaylor? His big hits are Bone Tomahawk, and he did the movie with uh, Vince Vaughn called Brawl and Cell Block, I don't know, eight or something like that seven but then so i like those movies he's kind of a conservative guy vince vaughn definitely is and then he made a movie called dragged across concrete yeah starring vince vaughn and mel gibson and then i was kind of excited about it mostly because i liked bone tomahawk and stuff and then reading the promo for it before it came out you realize that these are three guys that are kind of angry about the way the world is now and they they it's kind of like a real conservative uh point of view in that movie and i did watch it and i found it really boring and i and i felt like oh it's weird you 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 forget like there's these men out there that are like the world almost needs to be like 
this like gritty men being like yep <laughs> cleaning up the world and being all tough about it and it, it, i recommend watching that movie just to see like what that mentality kind of thinks like story-wise right does that make sense is it a crime caper movie yeah like a- well, yeah it's right. not that bad and i think s craig zaylor is not he doesn't seem like a far right guy. He's just a bit old school. But to cast Mel Gibson in the role as the hardened old school cop, that's definitely a statement in these days and times, yeah. especially after what all this that happened to him. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made me uncomfortable to watch that movie as a fan of the two earlier movies. But then feeling uncomfortable was like justified because you're like, yep. Yeah, that's actually what it is. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should watch putting it. him in anything seems like a a choice. I mean, he, that's what I mean. It was the, the the statement was made, especially yeah. alongside Vince Vaughn, yeah. who I think has become more vocal about old school conservative values and stuff. Is how old is Mel Gibson now? He's seventy uh, about. So he's even if any if all this bad if he hadn't done all this stuff. He'd be sort of at the tail end of his career. Like, he's not ever going to be starring in a major film anymore because he's just aged out of that that time, right? But he'll, oh, He's only 66. Sorry, I, my 66. math was terrible. Okay. Yeah. So he could still be in movies for a while, could. but he's probably not going to be no. starring in a major Hollywood release. Probably like not a Lethal Weapon type <laughs> movie. Although, uh, who knows, right? You they, never yeah. know. Um, I forgot this as well. Um, this was from an interview with Playboy magazine in 1995. Oh. At first, he said in this interview, quote, I have tremendous respect for women. I love them. Oh, good start, right? But also, mm-hmm. did you know this about history? Uh, well, he went on to say, quote, feminists don't like me, and I don't like them. <laughs> I don't get their point. I don't know why feminists have it out for me, but that's their problem, not mine. And that sounds like something his character from dragged across concrete would say yes totally interesting quote to play and uh, there are many many horrible quotes and things he has said um hey remember this quote from ransom give me back my son remember that yes yes yeah. i remember that from the trailer and the movie yeah also but uh, so there you go i mean not a you know stalin-esque guy but certainly <laughs> not a great seeming guy and so his yeah he's kind of sheepishly he's back he's just sort of and he's just kind of back i would say his revival i'm not an expert on hollywood so maybe i'm wrong but it feels like one of the more unlikely ones ever i mean it seems like yeah to to use such like to it's pretty it's hard to even suggest that he isn't somebody who is prit who is anti-Semitic, certainly, or racist, it seems. Yeah. And even if like the rant on the phone was somehow somebody losing their mind and maybe it's not reflective of how he always thinks, there's still so much stuff he's yeah. said and it's it's hard to deny that. So in light of that, it's it's wild that he sort of his career is back. Yeah. I also think it's Interesting that he hasn't just pivoted to being just directing movies for the for the uh, for a religious audience that could make a billion dollars. You're right. And don't even oh, have to be very right, good. Oh, you're right, Mike. That's a good point. Like a Left Behind movie or yeah, something. Yeah, because he's he's already 
with Apocalypto and Passion I, of the I Christ. Have to say, done it twice. Maybe I'm wrong. I watched it probably 15 years ago, so maybe this is a bad opinion. But I remember thinking Apocalypto was really good. It was also filmed in their mm-hmm. real language. It used all real people who weren't actors. And uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty good. But mm-hmm. the weird thing is, is it shows the Spanish ships showing up at the very end. Spoiler alert. Uh, uh, I mean, it's been out for 20 years, right? Yeah, true. But the thing is, is it's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's kind of this big reveal. Like, oh, look at this civilization, like 100% intact and, and you know functioning and then oh god here come the spanish that are just gonna like basically mow these guys down and Mm -hmm. take over whatever but now what we know about mel gibson it's like is he showing those ships to show up to be like finally civilization has arised with like a wink because clearly he's on the side of the I didn't think weirdly in that one I I don't think think that's what it is but it's weird now knowing how we know him It's, it's almost like is the movie like, oh, look at what people were like before Christianity came and set them straight. And that is not what happened yeah. <laughs> to those people. They weren't set straight at all. But like, you know what I'm saying? I hear you. I'm trying to think of other like famous stories of like Hollywood like, guys who blew up their... Oh, sorry. Pee Wee Herman, but it was such a laughable thing. He jerked off in a theater. Like that's one. Um, Fatty Arbuckle as well from like the silent movie days. He like torpedoed his career after getting involved in a like a sex scandal and he had been a gigantic star um nobody wants to think about fatty arbuckle getting laid no but yeah it's a rare thing for any of those people to come back paul rubens only it took him forever to and come back and he didn't even do anything comparatively super mm-hmm. bad yeah so. fred willard just fully didn't get canceled after drinking <laughs> yeah, off in the theater yeah. on his end good for him yeah, uh so. yeah i forgot so. about that yeah, but I mean, whatever. He's some. I mean, unless you're hurting somebody, that's my two cents. Mm-hmm. Well, um, should we evilometer it up? Let's bring out the Catholic evilometer. <laughs> right, this one is shaped like a crucifix. <laughs> um, it's got a nice glow, yeah, uh, emanating nice? from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Mike, why don't you go first this week? Okay, thank you, James. Um, well, first of all, thanks for doing such a great job. Thank you. I mean, you know, it's about. It, it's not like he's a warmonger or anything, <laughs> but it's it's fun. It's interesting to talk about Mr. Mel. Mr. Mel, he seems like a, a real nasty type. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, just a bad guy who is uh, maybe got all of his um, uh, learned from his father the, to to behave this way. It seems. Yeah, uh, Hutton Gibson, who also, by the way, lived to be a hundred and two. He did. Yeah, people like that just never die. <laughs> It's so true, huh? Yeah. It seems like everybody who lives a really long time, uh, well, not everybody, but yeah. these mean people somehow live a long time sometimes. I'm going to give Mr. Mel, as you call him, uh, I'm going to give him a nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So higher than Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, why don't I go second? Um, mm, I mean, I'm going to say 5.1. 5.1. He Lenient he, Mr. James. Well, I, you know, you got to compare him on a scale to with Hitler and Stalin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly, a, seemingly a bad man. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, not... Plus he did Tim. Plus he was in Tim. Yeah. Plus he was in What Women Want. Mm-hmm. While so being a misogynist. 
Did he ever yes. do a Disney cartoon where he yes. played a hero? He was in Poke. Well, I don't know if it was Disney, but he was in Pocahontas. That I think was Disney. Okay. So he played John Smith. Yeah. I can see why you'd forget that name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's complicated. Chris, please give us your input, Mr. Mel. Please let us input this under the cross-shaped evilometer. Well, I'm going to give him a four. Four, right. Because not only did he beat his wife, but with his influence and his power, he spread some very harmful uh, ideas. Good point. Out there to uh, the globe. That's a good point. And he never, ever seemed to even try to redeem himself. Nope. He just owned it and walked on and... Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you're you're right, and and Mike, you're right too. It's I'm surprised he didn't just embrace Christian right wing media. Like he's not a guest on Tucker Carlson or something. Like if, he could if have done that. He would. I think he is already defended by people like that as being like cancel, like a victim, an yeah. early victim of cancel culture. I'm sure he could have pivoted to becoming a yeah a full just out and out asshole if he went to yeah. rupert murdoch and was like i'd like to be a fox news host yeah are you kidding me i'm sure they'd i'm mel gibson here are tonight's top stories <laughs> <laughs> a truck tractor trailer flipped over on the 401 tonight <laughs> <sighs> well yeah. there we go yeah that's the story of, of Mel Gibson. Mel I don't Gibson. think I missed anything. I, too high I, to the sun. I, I will say, I felt like in the Steven Seagal one, I, I, I missed a few nuggets. So I, I, I tried to get them all with Mel. But Yeah, Mel and his father. Um, Here's a, a game. Team. Who would you rather have dinner with? You have to have dinner <gasps> with one of these two guys. Okay. okay? And it's going to be three hours. Three course meal. Mm-hmm. Bottle of wine, a bottle, two bottles of wine you got to share. Okay. Steven Seagal or Mel Gibson? I feel like, like, is it current day, each of those? Present day or, or, or whatever. I feel like Mel see. Gibson is going to be on his best behavior and probably like not even drink the wine, whereas mm. Steven Seagal, you're going to get him being crazy yeah. uh, at the dinner and get a better story out of it. Yeah. Although, who knows? Mel Gibson might also be fully um, yeah. unhinged. I think I would say Steven Seagal yeah. because I think Steven Seagal would be funnier... Like you'd laugh at him, like yeah. he's so unself-aware. You'd have you keep this mental yes. diary of all the stupid things he's saying. So no whereas- part of Steven Seagal is feeling like, oh, I need to like prove to the world that I'm actually not a bad yes. guy. He believes yeah. he's like a, a, a action star in real life <laughs> yes. and a ninja master. What about you, Chris? Yeah, having dinner with Mel Gibson, uh, just even accent, like even if you're choosing to do that out of the safety of not being near Steven Seagal. You're still accidentally supporting Mel Gibson, so I'd have to go Steven Seagal as well. <laughs> because, take that, Gibson. Yeah, take that, Gibson. Man, Gibson. like, yeah, you're right. Steven Seagal's more on the stupid side, whereas Mel Gibson's more on the evil side. That sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. Like in the middle of the meal with Steven Seagal, he'd probably be like, "You want to see my sword?" He'd <laughs> be like, "Sure." Yeah, I actually, genuinely would. And, and I'd love you, you to want teach me, me to... about wine, like in that video, Steve. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Do you want me to teach you how to actually drink that wine? <laughs> then he'd break your arm. Yeah, that video was so good. Anyway. Well, thanks again, James. My pleasure. Well, 
seems like we're wrapping up another successful episode of this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar